We can and should be optimistic, excited, hopeful for what Justin Fields does this season. But I also think we need to make sure we're being realistic about it. And maybe the MVP talk should be toned down just a little bit. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with our promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. On the show today, we look at all of the hype surrounding Justin Fields right now and whether or not that should be toned down just a little bit when it comes to expectations that are maybe a little bit more reasonable while still being fully optimistic and excited, right? This is not about not being excited for Fields and looking forward to a better season from him and steps forward in progress and all those things. Expectations should be high. But when we've had the kind of hype that we're already hearing around Fields before even a preseason game, before certainly any regular season games, before we see everything kind of come together, it feels like maybe things are starting to get a little bit, I don't want to say out of control, but just a little bit extreme. And maybe it would be beneficial to dial it back down just a little bit here. We'll look at kind of what this hype is and where we should set expectations, what might be more realistic that we can still be excited about and look forward to. And I also want to hear from TJ Edwards. I think he, he did a good way of comparing Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields in a way that doesn't make Justin Fields have to be an MVP caliber player, but still you can find some similarities here. And I think it's a good way to sort of find a middle ground here of being positive and excited, but not getting too carried away. But I, I think it's easy to sort of get lost and sort of overlook just how much the Justin Fields hype is building. And again, like excitement is good. Being optimistic about your quarterback is good. We haven't had enough of that in recent years in Chicago, right? We had like a year or two of it with Mitch Trubisky where we were excited and then not so much anymore. Certainly there were a couple of Jay Cutler years where you thought like maybe it was turning a corner and taking another step there, but right, we've not had a lot to support in terms of the quarterback position in quite some time. And I'm never going to be the person who says, no, you should be, you shouldn't be excited about Justin Fields. You should assume things are going to go wrong and you shouldn't get your hopes up or anything like that. No, but we're getting, we're kind of swinging a little too far to the other side of the spectrum right now where you've got, and, and these are not going to be criticisms of anybody individually, but certainly like Dan Orlovsky from ESPN. I think he does a lot of great work and I, I certainly have nothing negative to say about Orlovsky, but he comes out on, on one of their shows, Get Up or First Take or whatever, and says he's expecting MVP level play from Justin Fields this season. Ooh, that's a lot. Uh, Brian Baldinger on NFL Network just the other day said Justin Fields is going to bring the Chicago Bears Super Bowl rings. Uh, the sports books have come out and said that among all of the different 
options for the MVP bets, the most money is coming in on Justin Fields. He's getting more money bet on him to win MVP than any of the other MVP candidates. That doesn't mean he becomes the favorite to win MVP. It just means people like the odds for Justin Fields to win MVP better than the odds for other players. But that's super, super hard for any quarterback to achieve, right? Like, this sounds obvious, but it's important to keep in mind. Only one player can win MVP in any given season. And that's not just 32 quarterbacks, right? That's any player, period. So a guy playing well in a season but not winning MVP is not a disappointment. But yet it starts to feel like we build up these expectations of like Fields MVP, Fields MVP odds, Fields MVP analysis, you know, people on national media giving Fields MVP odds, even Fields cracking in the top 100 of the NFL's top 100 list and ahead of Trevor Lawrence, I believe, in some of these conversations. And none of this is to say that Fields certainly could be capable of any and all of those things. There is certainly within the realm of possibility that Fields could have that Jalen Hurts-level breakout season and win the MVP. I'm not saying it's not going to happen or that it can't happen, but we shouldn't set that as the expectation. It's It can be a goal, absolutely, but Justin Fields can take a huge step forward and have a great season this year and not be the MVP of the league and not even be, you know, what what Jalen Hurts was last season. And it feels like the more you start to talk about the word MVP and throw out all of these like lofty goals and expectations for him, like the higher and higher we move that bar up and up and up to where we're setting ourselves up for, not like we're setting ourselves up for disappointment, but we're more like making it more difficult on him to then meet our expectations and therefore like leaving us more disappointed because it goes from like, okay, Fields needs to be a little better this season and help the Bears offense be more successful to Fields needs to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. And that's just not something that is fair to ask of Fields. Even if it's possible, it's not fair and reasonable. And I just feel like we can get so caught up and so excited with DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and Darren Mooney and the rebuilt offensive line and a strong running back room and a bunch more depth at tight end and a defense that should be much improved. And the second year in the offense, like those are all great reasons why Justin Fields should be better this season and why we should be excited for what Justin Fields is going to be this season. Those don't necessarily mean he's going to win MVP and have an MVP caliber season. And so I just don't think we need to put that pressure on Justin Fields. I don't think we need to set those expectations for ourselves. I mean, certainly you're more likely to then be disappointed if he fails to meet what is therefore a super lofty goal and a super lofty expectations. Something to to aim for, something to be excited about, something to cheer for, absolutely. But let's just make sure we are all checking in and being realistic about what he can and can't do or what we should or shouldn't expect from him. And I want to try and go through a little bit more of a reasonable set of expectations that are still encouraging, exciting, hopeful, positive growth, the things we want to see that don't have to be MVP, top quarterback, you know, top three with it's Mahomes, Burrow, Fields kind of conversation. There's a middle ground here that we can settle on here that I want to get into next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football It's August. It's fantasy football season, the official start of fantasy football drafting month. And if you want to get ready for your home league, best ball at underdog fantasy is a great way to do it. I personally love best ball 
as a, as a method here, and I love doing it on Underdog Fantasy as a great platform. A ton of great people over at Underdog Fantasy, guys like Josh Norris, Sosa Cremena, just friends of the show here. There's good people doing good content over there, and it's a great platform to do fantasy football, especially with best ball. If you've never done a best ball before, it's great because you do one live snake draft, and that's it. No waivers, no trades, no setting lineups. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Basically, you just get the maximum points. Whichever one of your players plays the best, you get points for whoever was best that week. So it's all about how well you can draft. It's a great way to practice drafting ahead of time for your league, but also a great way to win some major prizes. Underdog has a best ball mania tournament with $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million that goes to the winner. So not only can you get some good fantasy fun in, but you also have a chance to win a bunch of money on a great platform. Like it's a solid combination all around. You got to try it for yourself. Visit underdogfantasy.com or visit them in the app store and sign up with our promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Justin Fields should be a much improved quarterback this season and can take significant steps forward without it having to be 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, and a super MVP season. And let's also be realistic, right? Like, it doesn't even have to be that to win the MVP. <laughs> like, we can, we can kind of narrow our, our range even more there. Like, last season, Jalen Hurts threw for 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. And that was enough to win, what was he, second, I think, in the MVP voting, Patrick Mahomes ultimately ended up taking it. So like, but that Jalen Hurts level ascension, whereas Mahomes had, you know, 5,000 plus yards and 41 touchdowns last season. I mean, that was, that's the kind of thing that I don't think anyone is quite there with Fields, but I think you start to hear, you know, as more of this MVP conversation is, that's, that that goes from, okay, can he get up to 3,000 yards to, well, okay, 3,500 yards to like, well, 4,000 yards. And that goes from 20 touchdowns to 25 touchdowns to 30 touchdowns. Like it starts to, escalate and get a little bit out of control and, and unrealistic more quickly than than it should in that regard. And that's kind of what I want to hone in on here, because certainly I, I don't think last season's production is necessarily the proper anchor point or even the last two seasons productions for Justin Fields. Right? The there's there's a real problem with Fields evaluating and measuring Fields specifically, not that Fields is the problem. The problem is how we evaluate Fields when it comes to like Total passing yards, total touchdowns, total interceptions, completion. But, you know, the, the box score stats are, are just not going to be the same for Justin Fields as they are for other quarterbacks. He is not a quarterback whose impact on this team can be fully measured or even, I think, properly accurately measured by those by total passing yards, right, and total passing touchdowns. I don't know that we have one, and, and this is the problem, right? This is the problem that Fields faces. This is the problem with how we talk about Fields, I think especially nationally. We don't really have one square solid metric that we can say Fields has this in this metric and all the other quarterbacks have this in this metric and they're on the same scale. I think PFF grade is probably the closest individual number that we can get to like, okay, everyone's being evaluated in the same, on the same level, in the same scale, but like passing yards is not 
the perfect number. It tells us something about what Fields did and all the other quarterbacks did, but it does not tell us everything, right? It, it, it ends up becoming a combination of, of numbers and rankings to try and evaluate, you know, where he fits into the conversation with quarterbacks. But like last season, Justin Fields had, you know, 2,242 passing yards, 17 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Like among quarterbacks in terms of like passing yards last season, Justin Fields was 26th. And that, certainly other guys were, were injured and around, but like Justin Fields was a better thrower of the ball than what we might think of as a 2,000 yard season, right? I mean, you can even start to go like yards per game last season. Justin Fields finished there ranked 33rd. And that's not, Justin Fields was not the 33rd best quarterback in the NFL last season, right? It's just, that's not a good way to measure his impact on this team and how well he is playing because his level of play is not purely passing yards, right? It's it's touchdowns, it's rushing yards. It's also based on field position. It's ba- it's based on okay, you know, when he's in third and long, how long how often are you converting difficult down and distance situations, right? Some of it's the circumstances you are put into and what you're able to do with those circumstances. And every quarterback's circumstances are different. And so it's not always something that you can put on the same linear scale because if you put Justin Fields in the same, if you if you took Jalen Hurts out of the Philadelphia last season and put Justin Fields in that spot, you're going to get very different numbers from Fields in Philadelphia than he had in Chicago for obvious reasons, right? It's not as though you could just take those two quarterbacks' numbers, put them side by side and say, okay, this one is that much better than that one because it's just not an accurate way to measure this. So like with Fields, I've said this a few times this offseason, but like, the way to measure his success this season is not in the box score. Like, yes, his box score needs to be better. It will be better as a result of the improvements they've had around him and his experience and success with the team. But like, if field whether Fields throws for 3,000 yards, 3,500 yards, or 4,000 yards, I, to me, like, that number doesn't matter that much. What matters is, are they winning more games? Is the offense put it, scoring more points in total and putting them in better positions to win more games. Because certainly the defense has an influence on how whether you're winning or losing. But, you know, how how does it feel? Does it feel like the offense can go blow for blow with any team they face? Does it feel like they're able to score points on almost any defense that they face? Does it feel like they're consistently moving the ball downfield? Because this is a Bears offense that's going to run the ball a lot. Hand off to, to the many running backs they have and fields keeping it as well. This is going to be a fairly ground heavy offense. This is an offense that's going to have multiple tight ends on the field quite a bit. I want to do another podcast on that here coming up soon on what, why they've invested. If you haven't noticed, they've invested a lot at tight end this year. And I think we need to tease that out a little bit more. And, and so like, it, it's about scoring points. It's about how well the offense moves. It's about, you know, what positions the defense puts them in. Cause you know, the bears offense could score 30 points a game, but if the defense is giving up 33 points a game, Justin Fields might not, you know, have a lot of wins comparatively. I mean, just for example, not that we're expecting that to happen, but you know what I mean? So like these aren't, none of these metrics individually are a great measurement for him. They're benchmarks that you'd like to aim for and shoot for, but it's like a combination, like even yards from scrimmage misses some of the point. Like if Justin Fields' threat as a runner and as a passer opens up the running game even more, and then you're able to rely on the running game even more and rely on Fields less, Fields might have lower yards, not because he's not good enough to have more yards, but because you don't need him to have to have more yards. Like that's the catch 22 here. And it reminds me of something Bill Belichick talks about, has talked about before. And I think it's something that we miss in the modern, like analytics 
fantasy football conversation that, that sort of shapes how we think about players. It's like the goal in the NFL is to not, the goal is not score as many points as possible, get as many yards as possible. The goal is to score at least one more point than your opponent. And Bill Belichick often talks about like, hey, like, we're not trying to do everything all at once. Like, we're just trying to score one more point than our opponent. We don't want to show you everything, right? We're not going to try and score as many points as possible and just show you everything we have up, up to our capacity. We're going to do as little as possible to win the game. That's really the goal, because if you can do as little as possible to win the game, that means you have so much more still in your back pocket, in your arsenal, in whatever cliche you want to use. And so therefore, like, if, you, if you're trying to do essentially as little as possible to win the game, then your stats are going to be measuring you doing as little as possible. And in some ways, like, not that low stats is good, but if low stats is good if you're winning, you know what I mean? You don't need to have high stats if you're winning the games. Like, at the end of the day, sure, you want what you're doing to be replicable and lead to wins and not just be luck, but you're also not trying to just score as many points as possible and get as many yards as possible. You're just trying to outscore the opponent. And the game situation dictates a lot of that, and that's why I think that's why that's what's going to measure Fields' progress this season is not touchdowns, yards, completion percentage, but it's how the offense is actually doing and how well he is contributing to how well the offense is doing. And that's a little bit more of a, a look and a feel thing and a lot less of a box score number on the stat sheet. I think that's how we can start to set a little more realistic expectations for Field. Let's expect on-field performance that passes like the eye test and sort of the feeling test. And let's be reasonable about our expectations on the box score and on the awards of Pro Bowl and MVP and first team all pro and all that stuff. And I think that's how we can have a, a healthy approach for what Justin Fields is going to do this season. I think there's a guy in particular on the Bears who has good perspective on this that I think sets a nice tone here for comparing a guy like Justin Fields to Jalen Hurts. And that's the guy who's been a teammate with both of them the last two seasons, TJ Edwards. And I want to specifically get into what he said about comparing fields to Hertz, where he sees the similarities and where he's, you know, not getting too ahead of himself next on locked on bears. Real quick. I want to throw in a quick plug for the locked on bears subtext group. If you want even more in-depth Chicago bears analysis beyond the podcast, got to join our subtext group because it's exclusive content only for subtext subscribers. We do all 22 film reviews. We got videos in there right now on Khalil Herbert and Yannick Ngakwe going into the all 22 film, drawing it up, breaking down the plays for you, getting into the scheme, the play call, the technique, what players are doing well and not well. Plus we have full games of all the Chicago Bears, all 22 from last season. You can download any of them. They're all free access, well, access to you if you join the subscribe the subscription for $4.99 a month, the website is joinsubtext.com slash locked on bears. It also gives you a text line into me. You can text me, ask questions about the podcast for the podcast. We'll do exclusive Q and A's and other things for subtext group members as well. Joinsubtext.com slash locked on bears for even more in-depth bears news and analysis. But I want to get back to Justin Fields and particularly the comparisons to Jalen Hurts, because like that's that's the one we hear all the time, right? It's it's Hurts and it's Josh Allen. It's guys that had st struggled at times during their first couple of seasons. Team goes out and upgrades around them significantly, perhaps most importantly with a number one wide receiver. We go for Stefan Diggs in Buffalo, 
uh, A.J. Brown to Philadelphia, and now D.J. Moore to Chicago. They're all three of those quarterbacks are fairly athletic, well, extremely athletic, good with their legs as a part of their game, fairly strong arm, maybe had some accuracy issues and concerns. And with Allen and Hurts, it all got sorted out when, once the upgrades really came around them and they thrived. And so, of course, you, you naturally sort of see fields in that progression. But at the same time, like MVP caliber players, Hurts and Josh Allen, it's a lot to expect of Justin Fields. And I like to be careful about those expectations. But I thought I thought TJ Edwards did a good job of drawing the comparison when asked, keeping it like specific with things that they're similar about that would could set up Fields for success without it being like, oh yeah, they're exactly the same. And Fields is now all of a sudden has to be a Jalen Hurts MVP caliber player this season. TJ, you had an up close view last year with Jalen Hurts and his ascension in year three. When... Was there like a moment or a period in the season where you could tell he was really hitting his stride with that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, just just going back, I think you know you saw his his progression, um, and one thing that you noticed about you know, Jalen was just his work ethic, and I think that's that's really what kind of you know jump started his his progression so quickly, and um, you see you see similarities um, with what's going on here. I think you know just from what what I know about. Uh, Justin, you know, you see him just getting to his reads quick. You see him kind of changing the field and um, getting to progressions. You know, he really tests you and and keeps you, you know, honest with what you're doing. So I think in that way, you know, you kind of see some similarities. And obviously, you know, I got an up close view of of Justin uh, last year playing here. So um, know how talented he is with his feet and what he can do. And um, so I'm really excited. You know, really, really, you know, impressed for sure. So I think Edwards did a great job there of kind of laying out where where he can see the foundational similarities that should, in theory, set up Justin Fields to progress, perhaps on some sort of path in the same direction of Jalen Hurts, without it being like, yeah, these guys are exactly the same, right? It's it's the work ethic. It's the putting in the work. Like, he's seeing Fields do the things and approach this process similarly to Jalen Hurts, with the idea then being, if two guys go about doing the same thing the same way that in theory, the second guy should be able to achieve similar results to the first guy if they're putting in the same amount of work and doing the same types of things, right? Like that's that's the idea there without it saying like, yes, Justin Fields is for sure going to be Jalen Hurts this season and is for sure going to be an MVP caliber candidate and, and all that stuff. Like, I, I think it's it's a way of looking at it and saying, listen, like everything we've heard about Justin Fields this offseason that has been positive absolutely has merit. There's real value to it. It's real. It's development. It's progress. It's all the things we want to see and hear about Fields and from Fields. He's growing as a leader. He's seeing the field better. And a different quote, Edwards talked about Fields, like moving the linebackers with his eyes and then coming back to where he moved them away from and like doing the smart quarterback things, speeding up his throwing motion a little bit more, maybe a little bit better decision-making, but still connecting really well downfield with his receivers. Like, there's merit to absolutely all of those things. And I think Edwards there is like, yeah, good progress. Seeing everything, kind of seeing a lot of the same things we saw from, from, from Hertz. And that's, that's great. Let's not get carried away though. You know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of the, the, the middle ground of excitement that I think we need to settle on here is like, yes, progress, growth, expectations for better and more. That's, that's great. There's merit to all that. And it's, it's putting everything on that path, but just because fields, tries to do everything, well, not that he's trying to do everything the same way as Hurts, right? But just because Fields is trying to, is doing many of the same things that Hurts did 
does not mean he's guaranteed to then reach that point. They are two different people in two very different situations, two different, I mean, they have different flaw, strengths and weaknesses in some areas of quarterbacking. Well, certainly some physical similarities in a lot of ways, but they're not identical in terms of the things they need to improve on and develop on. So Field does have to carve out his own path to get there. And he's he has the traits and the foundational work and the pieces there to absolutely get there. And that's what we should be excited about. But again, let's not, make him have to be the MVP, right? Maybe he will be. And you know what? That's that's the great thing about expectations, right? Is like, I'm not even saying to set super low expectations. I just want to set reasonable expectations. But it's great because when you set reasonable expectations, he can exceed them and maybe be MVP. Whereas if you go in thinking like, man, Field is going to be MVP this season, like at best, he's going to meet your expectations, right? Like he can't do better than MVP, 4,000 plus yards. You know what I mean? Like certainly there, there's always more yards, but like in terms of meeting expectations, like when you set them so high at that point, like he can't even really exceed them. So you're, you're at best going to be appeased, satisfied that your expectations were met, but most likely not going to be satisfied by those expectations not being met. But if you set the reasonable expectations, you can still be excited. You can still be optimistic, hopeful, and glad when he does it. And then even have your expectations exceeded and be even happier as a result. And I think we all benefit from that, having realistic expectations for Fields. I would love to hear what you think the expectations should be for Justin Fields this season. Leave us a comment on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel. You can tweet us at Locked On Bears. You can post in the Locked On Bears Facebook group as well, or shoot me a text in the Locked On Bears subtext group, joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Bears. However you do it, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Really appreciate you making Locked On Bears your first listen today. I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our everydayers uh, on Twitter. I heard from, I got to double check his Twitter handle. I just lost it. Uh, at Young Blastro, Y-U-N-G-B-L-A-S-T-R-O. He said he listens to Lockdown Bears every morning, takes his daughter to the babysitter at 6.30 a.m., drops her off, and then listens to Lockdown Bears on the commute back to work. Really appreciate you at Young Blastro shouting us out on Twitter and listening to the podcast every day. Appreciate everyone who tunes in. Whether you tune in once or, I mean, we've had over a thousand episodes of this podcast over the last seven years. So whether you listen to one or a thousand, really appreciate you tuning in whenever you do. I hope you'll keep coming back for more because I hope in exchange that at the very least, you get another opportunity to bear down.